0: Hello. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. Now, this is of course a podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. If you're a returning listener, first of all, let me say thank you so much for returning to the show. And if you're new around here, allow me to introduce myself. I'm of course your host, Sir Dr. J M. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. So why not give me a follow, especially over on Twitter, where you can reach out to me, you can bring me questions, comments, topics, whatever you want me to talk about on the show. Of course, the big one being Overwatch, uh, Overwatch 2, the Overwatch League, all things Overwatch, but of course, if you'd like to expand that out, expand it out to Blizzard, expand it out to video games, because I love to talk about video games, and I would like to incorporate some of your topics, questions, whatever you've got. Now, that's enough about me, let me get into the show you can of course find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, et cetera, etc etc so give us a follow leave us a review tell your friends and all that fun stuff and of course i also encourage you to check out the ready set pwn podcast available on podcast services everywhere ready set pwn is of course your premier source for everything vancouver titans and toronto defiant where you can catch me and my two co-hosts chris and alex as we talk about everything going on in the Overwatch League, specifically focused on the Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant. Now, this episode, as you no doubt gathered from the title, is all about the Overwatch League roster moves, as the Apocalypse is here. Let's keep the skies clear together. So, of course, in keeping with tradition, we're going to kick things off this week with our roster apocalypse coverage, and actually this is the only coverage that I have planned for this episode, so depending on how much I have to say about these uh, roster moves and what's going on and everything like that, uh, it might be a bit of a shorter episode, it might be a bit of a longer episode, it might be a little bit in between. But of course, as in keeping with tradition, we're going to head on over to Dottysports.com with an article posted by Liz Richardson on November 11th. Titled Overwatch League 2023 Offseason Trade Tracker. Now, if you are familiar with the show, of course, you'll remember from last year, I did, of course, use Liz Richardson's Overwatch League 2022 offseason trade tracker or 2021. Uh, I have used these in the past. I think Liz does a great job of updating this article and keeping it all in a central place and an easy format for me to keep up with. Of course, if there is anything else that uh is not in here, I will do my best to capture that cover it here and we can talk about it. Uh, And there will actually be one thing that I will add on at the very, very end here, simply because I believe Liz is probably sleeping when this news broke. So for the first and probably only time I'll read the intro she has on the article here and then we'll get into the nitty gritty. So we start things off, keep track of every trade signing, retirement and free agent heading into the 2023 season. After the final pieces of confetti fell from the Dallas Fuel's first franchise championship win and the most competitive grand finals in Overwatch League history, the annual off-season bloodbath began. Welcome to Overwatch League Rostermania 2023 edition. In the months after the grand finals, teams make difficult decisions as to which contracts they'll be extending into 2023 and which players will be left in the dust. Underperforming teams may make massive roster reconstruction decisions that include changes in upper management, such as coaches and general managers. Nearly every team will make changes heading into the 2023 season, which still has an unidentified start date. In order to help you keep track of these changes, which can often come in rapid succession succession sorry Dotty Sports maintains this overwatch league trade tracker throughout the quote roster mania season daily challenge changes and current free agents are listed when roster construction rules and important dates for the 2023 season are released they'll also be added entries for daily changes are listed in reverse chronological order meaning the newest changes will always be listed at the top free agents and retirements will be listed as they're announced but with no specific order So without further ado, let's head on back. We'll go to the, uh, I guess, farthest out announcements from when you're listening to this episode. Um, So we'll do a little bit of a rewind here. I am going to actually cover at least one, maybe two or three stories uh, that I did already mention on last week's episode. But just for, you know, argument's sake, I'm going to start with the first announcement they have here. Um, But I won't talk about it too much just because again, we did cover it last week. So The first item here is November 7th, Vancouver Titans part ways with head coach Deepay. Of course, we knew that. Uh, We covered that last week, and we did talk about the fact that... uh To me, it seemed as though d must have a new home that he was going to if he, you know, was brought in so sort of middle of the season into the Vancouver organization. I had assumed that meant that he was going to have sort of free reign once uh, the next season rolled around. Obviously, with his departure, I had uh, speculated on last episode that he must be landing somewhere. Well... The fact is, he's actually since tweeted out that he is looking for a team. So it doesn't seem like he did, in fact, have anywhere to go. Uh, So, you know, do with that what you will. To say it's a little sus is the least I can say about it. But let's move on because we already covered that one. Moving on from there, we go November 9th. Boston Uprising parts ways with head coach Askoft. Uh, I don't actually recall if I did talk about this one um on last week's episode uh essentially boston uprising just put out a tweet saying today we mutually part ways with ask with at askoft underscore ow our head coach thank you for being a huge part of the uprising family and for all the work and passion you've poured into our team the past three years wherever the road may lead we know you will do great things and a nice little image saying thank you for everything askoft so of course you know, this is a, not necessarily, I'd say an unexpected uh, announcement, given the fact that the Boston Uprising have not, in fact, done much the past three seasons. Um, I'm actually a little bit surprised to hear that Askoft was with the team for that long. Um, I think head coaches are usually one of the the, uh, sort of pieces that we see moved uh, a little bit more frequently or a little bit more quickly when, you know, a team has as, you know, disappointing performances as the Boston Uprising have. So, anyways not super surprising but uh what will be surprising or interesting at least is uh what boston does next uh we will find out in a second here another update from boston so moving on from there we go to november 10th where the houston outlaws release three players doge lep and creative uh now again i think we may have covered this one last week um, but regardless, uh a little bit surprising that uh, you know, they brought in Doge and Lep when they did, and they're now releasing them. Again, kind of similar to dpay They were brought in pretty late in the season, uh, on the Doge and Lep side, or Dodge, I'm never sure. Um, and they were kind of brought in, it seemed like, to give a little bit more flexibility on the tank side of things after the team had already let go of Piggy, and therefore they were only working with uh, Dante as their main, their their only tank. Um That said, both Doge and Lep both got very little playtime and Dante really carried the team uh, or, you know, was a central part of the team all the way through playoffs. Right. Um, We really didn't see Doge and Lep at all after that. So a little bit surprising that they were brought on in the first place. Uh, You know, maybe they had higher hopes that either the meta would shift to a, a character a hero that Doger lep could play better than dante maybe dante just rose to the occasion and decided i'm going to be the only one maybe they just needed someone to scrim with who really knows but anyways uh the fact that they're being let go is a little bit surprising to me as i would have thought that maybe they were a part of the new look going forward into the next season uh but i guess not other than that, there's also the creative side, which is a little bit more shocking because, of course, creative, as we know, uh, was a part of that deal with the Seoul Dynasty, uh, which saw Iris go from Houston to Seoul and saw creative go from Seoul to Houston. So in my mind, a little bit surprising to see creative go. Uh, I did think creative kind of was a great piece on the Houston Outlaws as much as I thought uh, Iris was, uh, you know, fitting in well with the Seoul Dynasty. But regardless, that's the way the cookie crumbles. So there you have it. Now, moving on from there, uh, I'll skip one item here, and then I'll come back to it. The Guangzhou Charge, uh, Tank Krong retires. Of course, Krong, if you are a fan of other Overwatch League podcasts, such as uh, the Plat Chat podcast, you will, of course, know Krong as a player that, uh, in my mind, Bren really talked up a lot of the time. He was very high on Krong. I, I, that's that's essentially what I know of him, Is is Bren, you know, pumping up krong a lot and and really touting how good he was whereas i personally don't recall watching krong too much although i think he mostly played in the apex region and of course as we all know you know i primarily follow the north american region even if i have an idea of what happens over there so there you have it krong retires the shanghai dragons then part ways with coach pavane and damon a little bit surprising one there. Um, of course, posting it on their Twitter, they said, "Today we announced the departure of Coach Pavane and Coach Damon. We thank them all for, or we thank them for all their hard work this season, and can't wait to see where their journey takes them next." Now, of course, I have no doubt in my mind that these uh, coaches will be pretty heavily sought after, especially in the uh, in the Eastern region, um, where, you know, just like in the North American or in the Western region, I should say, there's going to be a lot of turnover. There's going to be a lot of changes coming. So I have every belief that they will find homes should they so want to. Now, the other November 10th item I wanted to talk about, Boston Uprising hires pre as general manager. So I'm going to actually read the article here on uh, posted on November 10th from Liz Richardson, which reads, Boston Uprising adds former Washington general manager, Pre. It really doesn't feel like an Overwatch League offseason if teams don't play musical chairs with upper management positions. And this year, a few organizations are starting early. The Boston Uprising announced today that Pre, former general manager of the Washington Justice, will be joining the team as GM for 2023 pre notably left his general manager position on the Justice in the latter half of the 2022 season. He transitioned to a senior advisory role in the organization after appearing to delete his Twitter amid huge changes that left the team with only a core roster of five players. Boston is also a team in flux with radical changes happening during the latter half of the 2022 season and the earliest parts of the off season. Longtime general manager Huck departed in late July, followed by head coach Lori and assistant coach Baroy. Interim GM Mineral and head coach Askoft also parted ways with the team last week. Quote, I'm thrilled to be joining the Boston Uprising, Pre said on Twitter. Their fans, city history and commitment to the league are truly special, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. With few remaining staff members from 2022, Pre may have a valuable opportunity to rebuild the foundations of the Uprising organization. No changes to the team's nine-player roster have been announced, as of the time of writing this article, but the offseason is just beginning. Throughout its five years in the league, Boston has struggled to climb above the midway point of the Overwatch League ladder. In 2022, the team ended with a 10-14 regular season record picking up speed in the latter half of the season. So, of course wanted to cover this one because we did, of course, cover the uh, the sort of drama, if you will, around pre and the Washington organization back when that happened. Uh, that was months ago at this point. Um, and as the article, you know, mentions there, Washington obviously didn't have a stellar season either, finished slightly higher than Boston. But in my mind, Boston seems like a uh, in a lot of ways, a similar kind of environment and um, as that of Washington albeit maybe a little bit more flexible a little bit more willing to make some some drastic decisions or or changes in order to really try and step their game up um, although both teams again struggled and didn't do super well this past season i think pre you know in my mind he, he'll fit in well with this organization and he might just have a great chance to uh to really make a difference with with Boston uh if you know, he can have his way with them kind of thing. Um, very similar in in my mind to the transition of Baroi, of course, from Washington over to the Vancouver Titans. So moving on from there, we're going to head over to November 11th. This time, the Philadelphia Fusion release five players, Belisria, Fury, Carpe, Fixa, and Aim God. Carpe signs with T1 Valorant, MN3 is re-signed to the Fusion along with Zest for 2023. So let's take a look here because this was quite the stunner. Um, Obviously, we know that the Philadelphia Fusion didn't have necessarily the worst season. um, and, And they also certainly didn't have the best season. You know, I think they impressed a lot of people with what they were able to do with their roster. And I think that was largely on the backs of, of course, MN3 and Zest. Um, which is, you know, it's it's no, no real surprise that they announced they're re-signing both of those guys. Um, of course, they did that through Twitter. I've got the tweets up here. It says, Philadelphia Fusion, the GOAT flex DPS. We're thrilled to announce that Zest will be returning to the Fusion for the 2023 season. Welcome back, Zest. And then they've got this second tweet, which says right where he should be. It's our honor to announce that MN3 has re-signed to Fusion for 2023. Welcome back, MN3. So no real surprises there. However, I think the rest of the roster, yeah, was parts that, you know, maybe weren't necessarily the right pieces or the pieces that you wanted. Uh, Carpe obviously moving to Valorant is, um, you know, not too unexpected, I think, although he was probably a veteran and a leader on the team this past season. He obviously didn't see the playtime that he'd seen in past seasons, largely because of how well MN3 and Zest were performing, right? Right. Um, Carpe again, although I think, you know, that veteran presence is great to have on the team. I'm sure Carpe wants to be competing and wants to be playing and everything. Otherwise, you know, for all intents and purposes, maybe he'd be looking at coaching or assistant coaching or something like that, but obviously he wants to be playing. So off to Valorant, he goes, um, I do believe that some of those other players, uh, Belisria, Fury, Carpe, uh, sorry, Fixa and Aim God. I know I want to say I saw Fury and Aim both tweet out that they're looking for teams now. Um, so of course they're you know looking to stay in the league as are many of these players, but uh, I digress. That's the Philadelphia Fusion update for you. Also on November eleventh, the Atlanta Rain releases six players: OG, Ultraviolet, Nero, Speedily, Venom, and Gator. Let's jump into the article here from November eleventh by Liz Richardson. Atlanta Rain's sorry, Atlanta Rain releases six players, including team veterans. Teams are clearing house more quickly than ever during this Overwatch League off-season. Earlier today, I'm going to skip over this part because I'll get to that in a second. Not to be outdone, the Atlanta Reign wanted to chime in. The team initially announced today that it's parting ways with five players. Supports, OG and Ultraviolet, as well as damage dealers Nero, Venom, Speedily were all dropped from the team on November 11th. Shortly after, the team posted that veteran tank Gator also won't be joining them in 2023. This round of releases was less surprising than other large-scale announcements from teams, considering Venom and Nero had already posted on social media that they were seeking new teams. Two-thirds of Atlanta's nine-person roster was wiped out with this singular announcement, in 2022, the reign relied on rookie talent to bolster its ranks and was relatively successful in its endeavor. Overwatch contenders Standby's OG and Ultraviolet offered a, the team a stable, consistent backline throughout the year, while Venom and Speedily, also known for their dominance in the Path to Pro scene, delivered destruction in the front line. Nero, one of the Overwatch League's most veteran players, was often in the team's regular rotation depending on the hero pools required for in each changing Overwatch 2 meta. Tank Gator didn't see much playtime this season as the rain overwhelmingly put its stakes in his counterpart, Hawk, to lead the team. Gator and Hawk have both been with Atlanta since late 2018. So there you go. That's the skinny on the Atlanta rain. Uh, Probably a bit of a surprising one, if you ask me. Um, You know, uh, a bit of a mixed bag, I should say. Surprising to see All of the players that they did release, you know, someone like Gator who, yes, well, a veteran presence and yes, well, um, you know, we know that he had skill on on a tank like, let's say, uh, Winston, of course, as we saw in the playoffs. Um, Not incredibly surprising to hear that because he just wasn't getting the playtime, right? Um, I think there was a big question mark going into Overwatch 2 as to what the tank role looked like. Did you need someone who could play those off or those main tank tanks? And did you need someone who could play those off tank tanks? And I think most teams found that they pretty well played one main tank. Um, And when I say main tank, I mean the person, the player uh, was their go-to and he would just had to kind of learn all of the other tanks. Um, We saw this with someone like uh, Dante. We saw this with... um, Someone like Hotba in a lot of ways on the Toronto Defiant, although Hotba, you know, certainly did probably have more of a synergy with with Muse coming in to play the, the Winston. Even in the playoffs in their final match, you know, we saw Hotba jump over to Winston because uh, Muse on Winston just hadn't worked out as well as they'd hoped uh, in the match prior to that. So not super unexpected to see Gator being dropped, right? Um, but I think the surprising ones here are Ultraviolet, Uh, Speedily, OG, and uh, who am I I missing here? Venom. Of course, um, you know, as as Liz points out in that article there, uh, a solid backline and a really decent, you know, I would even lean towards good um, front line for these guys, right? The damage dealers or the damage that Speedily and Venom were able to put out when, you know, sort of when they turned it on, was certainly impressive you know they were they were a uh, dps line to be reckoned with and then og and ultraviolet were no slouches on the back line either uh definitely a a solid back line as well so a little bit surprising to see them dropping that group and you know dropping all of them right i would have thought for sure they would probably hang on to speedily speedily had a pretty decent impact when he came in um he came into the season a little bit later i think just because of his age i could be wrong about that but Anyways, I thought he made a pretty decent impact. And honestly, their backline, line, I, I think, was one that uh, you could easily see sticking together. Um, I could easily see them both winding up somewhere else and someone just scooping that back line. But hey, we'll see what happens. But that's your Atlanta Reign. After that, of course, in shocking news, the San Francisco Shock release four players. Kaluge, Mikey, Sam, and Stryker. Again, November 11th, Liz Richardson, San Francisco Shock Shock drops four key players. The Overwatch League offseason takes no prisoners when it comes to roster changes. Even one of the league's most successful teams throughout the 2022 season hasn't been spared from wide-scale changes. In a surprising move considering the team's second-place finish in the 2022 Grand Finals, the San Francisco Shock announced today that it is dropping four players from the team. Damage dealers Sam and Stryker and tanks Mikey and Kalouge. When the 2022 season kicked off with Overwatch 2's 5v5 setup, Kaluge was the Shock's only tank player, having to step in to fill the shoes of veteran Dynamo Matthew Superdelisi. Many fans didn't expect much from the rookie tank, but his flexibility and versatility quickly started racking up wins for the Shock. He was later joined by Mikey, a mid-season pickup meant to diversify the team's tank hero pool. Mikey often had bad luck being subbed in on initial control maps, but he became one of the team's heroes during the recent Grand Finals. Playing for the entire series instead of Kalouge, Mikey went head to head with the Dallas Fuel and made space for his team. Flex DPS Sam was another victim of the Shock's musical chairs, often being subbed in on control maps at the start or end of a critical series. While he was a clutch choice for most of the season, by the end of 2022, all eyes were on one of San Francisco's most iconic players, Striker. Striker came out of retirement to rejoin the Shock with whom he won two titles in 2019 and 2020. Though he only joined the team for the month of October, it was enough to push the two-time champions to success. Stryker was a key part of the team's destruction in the Grand Finals lower bracket and made several clutch plays during the Grand Finals match. With this change, the San Francisco Shock has effectively removed all Western players from its roster. This is a likely indication that the team will be moving to an all-Korean roster for 2023, especially considering several high-profile players from O2 Blast, the Shock's Academy team will be eligible to compete next season. So again, this one, you know, I, I, I had a little bit of a an exchange on Twitter with with some, some friends. Um... And essentially people were absolutely stunned by this, um, especially by the dropping of Kaluge. Calouge uh, in my mind as well, probably the most valuable part of these, these four that they dropped. Um, I feel a little bad right now saying that because I've, I've got their image, their their picture of all four of them staring at me. And Mikey's got these eyes, like he's just looking into your soul. You know what Sam does too, actually? They're they're just like they're gunning for you, but um anyways, collusion in my mind the reason you get rid of Kaluj other than, yeah, they're likely going all Korean for, which would be the first time they've done that. Um, but other than that, the reason you let go of Kaluge is Kaluj now has the best opportunity he's ever had. I could easily see Kaluj going somewhere like the gladiators going somewhere like Atlanta uh, going somewhere like Houston, one of these other, you know, consistently high placing teams, although, you know, Houston is probably on the outside of that, but one of these other teams that did, Very well, I'd say, and likely have a bag to throw around, um, especially given uh, the movement we've seen on those teams. Obviously, we've already talked about the Houston Outlaws, and of course, we've already talked about uh, the Atlanta Reign as well. So I could easily see him going somewhere. Uh, Mikey was a bit of a question mark to me all season. Uh, Like Liz says there, I know he he often came in for sort of those clutch control maps, either at the start or the end. Um, You know... Oftentimes, San Francisco lost that first control map. Uh, and then even in the grand finals, you know, Mikey did not play any of the finals tournament until that very final match, which really threw me. And I thought maybe that's, you know, maybe it was kind of a strategy play where, okay, maybe teams won't be expecting to see Mikey's style as much as they have been seeing Kaluge. But truly, I, I never really understood the the role of Mikey in the roster, given I thought Kaluj could play all of the tank roles and was playing them for the most part. Uh, Sam, of course, like the article says there, a bit of a victim to being overshadowed by Stryker. You know, Stryker obviously having a lot of history with the team and history with Coach Krusty coming in, knowing the system, being able to lead, being able to be a bit of a veteran. Uh, from the sounds of the chatter online, you know, he uh, he had a bit of an attitude problem at times and that played a part in in his initial leaving and retirement. But ultimately, it sounded like those were kind of fixed up. And certainly, he made a decent impact during the grand finals on the San Francisco Sharks uh, success. He had some, you know, it's 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 somewhat easier for Reaper to make a notable clutch play because of how powerful death, death Blossom is and how obvious it is. When you drop a Death Blossom from above on another team, you know, there's a very good chance that you're going to get at least a pick or two. And he would often come in and just clean things up in that sense. So so there you go. That's your San Francisco Shock. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that leaves them with, of course, the Rookie of the Year and MVP of the Year proper uh, on the DPS line, and that also, of course, leaves their uh, their support line intact as well in Violet and uh, Finn. So a little bit interesting that they're keeping that, but I do wonder if that comes down in a lot of ways to the talent pool. Now, the other side of this that I don't truly know is the uh, O2 Blast side. Um, you know, Liz mentions there that they're likely going all Korean, uh, the NRG organization, of course, the organization that owns the San Francisco shock, um, does have some form of a partnership with O2 blast. So essentially they are a, um, a feeder team to the San Francisco shock. You know, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that's where, that's where proper came from, as well as, uh, a few other high performing players, maybe even ones on their team. I can't quite remember, but anyways, the point is the rumor that I've seen online is that they have a really good really uh muchly sought after tank that's coming up i think his name might be max or something like that um but anyways it seems like it could all be a part of that Um, and ultimately you know san francisco again returning with proper as long as proper doesn't have a fall off like certain other all-star players um that i would be concerned he could um you know, I, I do think proper is gonna continue on his path of destruction and and certainly I think San Francisco next season is is lining up the chips to to be a powerhouse yet again. That's it for November 11th. Let's move on to November twelfth. November twelfth, Florida Mayhem releases XE, Hydron, Animo, Surmajed, and Coach Day One. Ouch, man. That one hurts. I've got to admit, um, I wouldn't necessarily say all of it hurts. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think in my mind, I mean, Exy didn't play a ton. I think he, he did get overshadowed in a lot of ways by his uh, fellow DPS players. But of course, that leads nicely into the fact that Hydron is also being let go. And Hydron, I think, is probably uh very much in a similar position in my mind as kaluge right stocks in hydron are higher than ever he can probably secure a bag you know if he goes to the right organization actually hmm. knowing what we will cover on november 13th i wonder hmm, i might have just thought of a place that he, he could be a good fit but anyways we'll we'll talk about that in a bit Animo, not as much of a surprise. Um, Animo, although I think he performed well and surprised a lot of people because, um, you know, he is a veteran. Uh, I'm not too surprised. I didn't think Florida's uh, backline was necessarily their their biggest strength. And then, of course, Sir Majed also ties into that. Although, although Sir Majed was, uh, you know, a a great player and a fun player to watch, um, his play style was, you know, a little bit reckless. And when you're not necessarily playing with the, the right players, uh, sort of team synergy or, or tank line, um, it can be hard to have a player like that. Uh, you know, the recklessness can come across a little bit more dangerous and, and silly than, uh, than you want it to. So ultimately, uh, you know, if I were placing bets on Florida, I would have said they would keep Hydron. I would have said they might keep Sir Majed, But other than that, I think these were a little bit expected, uh, even though Florida, I think, did very well with what they had this season. After that, we move on to the Boston Uprising. Boston Uprising formally releases McD, Faith, and it's All. Remaining players are unrestricted free agents for the off-season. So this one here, uh, I am going to jump over to Liz Richardson's article titled, Boston Uprising's entire roster will be exploring free agency this offseason. But I'm actually just going to jump down because I know it's going to have a graphic from pre- so, of course, uh, if I jump down a little bit in the article here, it says, Pre, who was added to the Uprising staff earlier this week, borrowed the Shanghai Dragons idea of explicitly listing the contract status of players to provide transparency to the league's fans. And they've got the image here. Let me just pull that up. So, of course, they've got this nice blue, white, and yellow image. Uh, Graphic here, Boston Uprising contract announcements. So punk contract expired. Valentine contract expired. Mag option declined. Victoria option declined. Crimson option declined. Seeker option declined. Faith option declined. McD option declined. And it's all option declined. So as the uh the off-season trade tracker says there, McD, Faith, it's all formally released. Remaining players, unrestricted free agents. So when it says option declined, uh, that means the team had the option to re-sign them, uh, and didn't. So that's why Faith, McD, and Itzal, uh, the team basically decided, hey, you know, you guys can all go. Um, the rest of the, the players, um, being unrestricted free agents, essentially they have the option to now look around. So their roster entirely in flux, uh, Good for the players to see what else they can get. I do hope that some of them are still in talks with Boston just because I'm not entirely confident that they will be able to necessarily find another home. Moving on from there, of course, the Dallas Fuel then got in line and decided to make an announcement just like all these other teams. And on November 12th, Liz Richardson wrote, all of Dallas Fuel's players will be free agents heading into 2023 Overwatch League offseason. As if the 2023 Overwatch League offseason wasn't chaotic enough already, the league's most recent champions will all be at the bargaining table over the next few months. Hastro, co-owner of Optic and the Dallas Fuel, revealed today that all the members of the current Fuel roster will be considered unrestricted free agents during the offseason. This means that players can hear offers from any team in the Overwatch League and might be snatched from the hands of Optic. The co-owner explained in a Twitter voice note that the organization opted to let all players pursue the offseason as unrestricted free agents, even players whom Dallas could have extended with a team option. Extending that option would have guaranteed a player at least another year on the team. They've then uh, got the tweet embedded there from Hastro, of course, uh, but then we've got the transcript here, quote, well, we, of course, would love to bring back the team, bring the team back to Dallas. We also recognize that because of the caliber of the team, their opportunities that they might have individually could be greater, Hastro said in the voice note. The Fuel's eight-player roster recently won the 2022 Overwatch League Championship, giving fans the most competitive grand final series of all time with a 4-3 scoreline against the San Francisco Shock. Before hardcore hard Dallas fans start sobbing into their blue jerseys, the decision doesn't mean that the team won't stick together. Unrestricted free agents can hear offers from all teams, including the Dallas Fuel, who could float the idea of sticking together as the ultimate job benefit. Quote, We will attempt to put together the best roster again for 2023, and we hope that the roster includes many of the players we have now, Hastro said. We're not just abandoning the team. We're going to attempt to re-sign some, if not all, of the team for next season and put together the best Dallas Fuel roster we can. Anyways, wanted to highlight this one because this one just, I think, shows the system and organization uh, that Dallas is running, right? I think it shows the caliber of what they've got going here. Um, Of course, we know head coach Rush had worked with most, if not all, of the team in seasons past. And of course, we know the team had seen success, but just wasn't quite there yet. And then this team, this season rolled around. And of course, a bit of a slow start, started to gain speed, performed really well in the summer showdown, uh, performed very well in the Countdown Cup qualifiers, and then ultimately wound wound up winning the, uh, the the grand championship. So a great team that I think a lot of people would just say, if you have the option to sign him again, sign him again. But as Hastro explained there, you know, the exact reason I talked about Kaluj, the exact reason I talked about uh, somebody else, I can't remember who at this second. Um, yeah, I don't remember who it was. Um, oh, Hydron is the one that I was talking about. Um, you know, those exact reasons are why you would do this, right? Ultimately, it is the best move for the players to be allowed to explore their other options. But at the same time, the Dallas Fuel Organization is running such a, a well-oiled org there that it wouldn't surprise me at all if the whole team stays or maybe one person leaves or something like that. Maybe Fearless or Hanbin feels like, hey, I want to be the main guy. I want to be the go-to. I want to learn to play all the tanks, not just you know specialize on Winston, so I'm going to go somewhere else where they will give me that opportunity, right? Anyways great to see dallas doing that after that the shanghai dragons still on november 12th update fans about player contract statuses lip lijagon and iziaki will remain for 2023 while all other players enter into free agency so good to see that they uh, are retaining lip lijagon and iziaki obviously they've got their support line there Uh, a really good support line Um, if i'm not mistaken over on ready set phone we did cast a uh, one of our role stars for, I want to say, Lee Jagon. Um, and, and ultimately, I mean, Lip is a great player as well. And Iziaki obviously working with Lee Jagon for two seasons now. You know, the three of them do form a certain core of the team. Be really interesting to see what else the Shanghai Dragons do uh, in the offseason to really try and bolster their roster for next season. Of course, they did wind up disappointing a little bit in the playoffs there. Finally, on November 12th, the Paris Eternal release head coach, J-Mac Wubb and Crawley. Nothing too unexpected there. Of course, Paris Eternal, I don't need to talk about them too much because we know they are relocating to Vegas. They will be the Vegas Eternal next season. Entirely new roster, entirely new org. Nothing else to say about that, really. November 13th, the Toronto Defiant tweeted out, saying goodbye is never easy. And this one is especially hard. From giving us flashy plays to being the team's playful jokester, Hisu has given us so many precious memories these past two years. Thank you for everything. We can't wait to see what you'll do, Hisu. And there you have it. Uh, also, Hisu, released from the Toronto Defiant, also releasing coach Moby Dick. Of course, Moby Dick, the one who stepped in when KDG was let go from the team and was interim head coach for the entire rest of the season after that happened. Um, So a little bit surprising to see that Moby Dick is also being cut loose. I kind of thought that he might be given the opportunity to be head coach, although it wouldn't surprise me at all if he does move into a head coach role on another team from here. So ultimately for Toronto fans, very sad to see those changes. Um, In my mind, I mean, I never did think that Hisu was that uh, sort of end-all be-all player he definitely was awesome he had clutch plays he did change my mind about him a lot um but i just never felt like he he had quite enough power to really take over um you know he, he could do it but just not necessarily on the most consistent basis and you know partnering that with although in finale as we often saw it just wasn't enough to uh really make a difference on the dps line make it didn't make enough of a difference i should say so um, you know, regardless, sad to see him go, I would have loved to see him stay and maybe just be partnered with, uh, a little bit beefier DPS line, um, or something like that. But anyways, the Toronto Defiant starting to make changes slowly. Uh, of course, last off season, we know that they were, I think the first team to announce their whole roster was gone except for Isu. Um, but ultimately it's coming, it's coming. We're going to see it happen soon. I think Toronto's going to go. Bye-bye. Moving on from there, we of course get caught up and we are on November 14th where the Los Angeles Gladiators update fans on contract statuses. Of course, in similar fashion, keeping in fashion with the Boston Uprising, with the Shanghai Dragons, with the whoever else I mentioned, the Los Angeles Gladiators update fans on contract statuses. Kevster and Funny Astro are retained for 2023. Remainder of team is in talks, but technically free agents. So that is a Los Angeles Gladiators team that uh, kind of a story of Dallas in the 2021 season started off very strong, had a little bit of struggles midway through the season, kind of dipped, kind of started to come back and then petered out in the playoffs. Uh, Gladiators, in my mind, probably one of the uh, one of the most disappointing endings to the season, other than maybe the Shanghai Dragons. I would probably give my vote. For most disappointing season, uh, in terms of expectations, to the Gladiators and uh, the Shanghai Dragons. Right, no surprise that they are extending their uh, contract with Kevster. Kevster, obviously all-star player, uh, one of our role stars on Ready Set Pone. Um, Definitely MVP candidate. Although I think it was pretty clear it was proper. I think Kevster did come in. I think votes wise, I think he was second highest. Um, and then funny Astro, you know, certainly a strong backliner, um, to keep around. So really curious to see what happens with the Gladiators. Like I say, um, you know, they currently have no tank and I could see Kalouge being a good fit in there with Kevster, funny Astro, you know, maybe LA is not too far from San Fran, maybe he jumps over there, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Next up on November 14th, The London Spitfire part ways with Poco Shacks and Khan. Sparker pursues free agency. Admiral Landon Hottie and Backbone are to be retained for 2023. So first things first, Admiral, Landon, Hottie, and Backbone. Four players being kept on board. Hey, that's pretty crazy for the London Spitfire. Again, given London's performance in this past season not too expected to see them keep some although i am surprised that this is how many they're keeping i could have easily seen them keep two maybe three but they're actually keeping four so they're keeping a good core of the roster um you know it sounds like sparker pursuing free agency they they probably kind of are still talking to him as they'd maybe like to keep him around but he wants to explore his options uh pogo shak's con nothing too surprising there i mean uh poco leader on the team but you know unless i think he if he moved into a assistant coach or coaching role i don't think he's going to be playing again in the league it would be really quite surprising to see if he was just given how long he's been around the scene so that is your london spitfire after that the new york excelsior released yaki flora kellen Gangnam jim gang sorry ansun jay and ho one that's right new york excelsior releases their entire roster no surprise there, given their performance. Well, yeah, honestly, I feel like that's not surprising at all. New York Excelsior, their their plan, whatever it was this season, did not pan out. Everyone going into the season was saying, uh, if New York gets the right meta, if New York gets the right meta, if New York gets the right meta, Yaki and Flora will pop off. Um, I heard good things about Kellen on tank, but ultimately, I mean, Yaki had a few pop off moments. Maybe Flora came in clutch every now and then, or Kellen did but you did not hear anything about the New York Excelsior this year. So not surprised there. We'll be curious, though, to see where some of these players land, in particular, Yaki and Flora, even Kellen. Um, So that's your New York Excelsior. Los Angeles Valiant release Innovation, Becky, Han, Sassin, and Marvel, other players considered free agents. So Valiant, also another one that seems to be kind of not imploding, but, you know, uh, doing the roster wipe, the 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 fresh start, um, we'll see what happens with them, and then of course, finally, our last update for November fourteenth, uh, well, second last, is the San Francisco Shock part ways with coach with assistant coach Casores. So this one is a little bit of an interesting one, because um, because I had actually heard I want to say it was on. Uh, the Tactical Crouch podcast. Uh, I think Yiska had actually mentioned something about Kisora's moving on to uh, another org, potentially, in an effort to become head coach. Will be really interesting, because you certainly didn't hear as much about him or from him, um, you know, at all, really, Um, in comparison to Coach Krusty. Of course, everyone knows Coach Krusty around the league because of his storied history. But the fact is, Kisora's has been there for quite a while as well um so i'm really really kind of curious to see what exactly happens with him and where he winds up because he could be looking to make a move so that should be very interesting now that's all liz has on her overwatch league trade tracker for november thus far right Uh, that does take us up to november 14th the two updates that are not on here do come of course from my Toronto Defiant. So first things first, I'm, I'm going to start with in my mind, the less exciting one or the less saddening one, I guess. <laughs> and then I'll go back to the other one. So first uh, they tweeted out, he's been Defiant's big brother for the past two years and we are truly lucky to have had him as a part of our family. We'll miss Yang Wan's you know, drippy fits, shining smile, contagious laugh and most importantly, the love you gave the team. Thank you for all the memories, Yang Wan. So there you have it. Uh, Letting go of, I believe, assistant coach Yang Won. I honestly can't say I could have told you Yang Wan was on the team, Um, you know, a part of the coaching staff and everything like that. But regardless, sad to see him go. But the one that really got me today, the one that caused me to fall to my knees and shout to the skies, no, in a very dramatic fashion was this one. A legend, a captain, and our young Twilight's leadership, experience, and skills were the thread and needle needed to stitch together the fresh new roster. Thank you, Jusheok, for leading a historical year for our Defiant. We wish you the best in your future. And that's right. Twilight being released from the Toronto Defiant. Just absolute crushing blow in my mind. That That is it. I no longer have any idea what's going to happen with this Toronto defiant. Um, if, if twilight's gone, if twilight and Hisu are both gone in my mind, the whole team is gone. I, I think there's, there's nothing else there. Uh, we know that, that Corong, uh, Chorong, sorry, was signed to, from what the rumor was on, on online, uh, a, a historic, a very large sum of money. And it was a two-year deal, uh, which is rare. Given that we know that's the case, um, I think he'll be returning. Other than that, I don't know that anyone will be, right? We've, of course, got uh, got Aldo and Finale still on the team. But it will be very, very, very interesting to see where Toronto goes from here. Of course, they had their best season yet. But they are, I think, if you look at all seasons and everything, historically, the The lowest earning team, uh, the least performing team in terms of money or or compared to money spent and everything like that. It's tough to be a Toronto fan, but I digress. That is the situation with Toronto. Now, of course, that is our main section of the trade tracker, but we also have the free agent section. So I do want to go into that, but I'm going to kind of breeze through this because we should, in theory, have touched on most of these even if i didn't mention them all by name they would have been included when i said things like the rest of the roster is considered free agents but i will go through the list real quick here so let me just continue with liz's article here 2023 overwatch league free agents players are listed as free agents if they have formally announced that they're looking for a team abbreviated lft on social media even if a player has been released from a team via a post or announcement they won't be listed unless they're clear they've clearly stated an intent to continue on in the overwatch league Free agents are players who have been released from a team or whose contracts have expired, allowing them to hear offers from other teams. A player being announced as a free agent doesn't mean all hope is lost for fans of their previous team, though. A free agent can hear offers from all teams, including their former organization. So here we're going to start at just the top of the list where we have our player name, the previous team they were with, the role they were in, and the date they posted that they were LFT. So, we start things off with Nero from the Atlanta Rain on November 9th, then Venom on the Atlanta Rain on November 10th, both DPS. Doge, the tank from the Houston Outlaws on November 10th, Creative support for Houston Outlaws November 10th, LEP support for Houston Outlaws November 10th, Ultraviolet support for the Atlanta Rain November 11th, OG support for the Atlanta Rain November 11th. So, those are, of course, the Atlanta Rain and Houston Outlaws ones that we talked about moments ago. Callios, the tank for the Washington Justice on November 11th. Decay, DPS for the Washington Justice on November 11th. So there you go. That's the first mention of any players from the Washington Justice that we've heard. But Callios and Decay, both LFT. Sparker, DPS for the London Spitfire, November 11th. Bernard, tank for the Hangzhou Spark, November 11th. Mirror, tank for the Vancouver Titans, November 11th. That is the first mention of the Hangzhou Spark and the first player at all on the vancouver titans to mention anything very interest on the interesting on the vancouver front because we really have no idea what's going on with vancouver right now aim god support for the philadelphia fusion belus tank for the philadelphia fusion fury tank for the philadelphia fusion fix up support for the philadelphia fusion again we covered all that already victoria dps for the boston uprising happy dps for the la gladiators striker dps for the san francisco shock Of course, we touched on, we sort of touched on those a little bit. I think all of those teams were ones that said all our other players are unrestricted free agents with the exception of San Francisco, of course, announcing that Stryker was no longer or wasn't being re-signed to the team. So there you go. Uh, Actually, Happy and Stryker were both on November 12th. I'm sorry about that. Then the first mention of the Shanghai Dragons with Fate, the tank for the Shanghai Dragons, announcing LFT on November 12th. We then have the Boston Uprising players Punk on the tank roll, Mag on the tank roll, Seeker on the DPS, and Crimso on support, all LFT as of November 12th, Crawley and Wub tank and dps respectively for the paris eternal on november 12th uh kind of good to see that they are actually still lft um, not just you know being dropped from the team means their career is done so that's good we then have all the dallas fuel on november 12th of course sparkle dps gurio dps edison dps doha dps hanbin tank fearless tank chio support fielder support all on the dallas fuel all november 12th which we know from hastro's tweets that we talked about and then Exe on the DPS roll for the Florida Mayhem on November 12th. So there you have it. That is the latest on all player movements, uh, as far as Liz Richardson is concerned, and as far as I'm concerned that this is is a great list, and I think she does a great job of tracking all of this. Um, The only one, as I mentioned, that isn't on here yet is Twilight being released from the Toronto Defiant. Now, the fact is, I don't believe Twilight has tweeted out that he is lft actually as soon as i said that i just realized i think i'm wrong i think i did see that let me let me confirm this okay yep i just looked it up and he definitely did tweet out 5 hours ago lft owl i'm fa now free agent i just want to win i don't want to lose and his discord so of course he is still lft which just makes me happy i i could easily see myself cheering for wherever twilight winds up um of course the other thing is i did see twilight i think tweeted out uh, something hang on here oh man my my twitter's bugging out on me give me two seconds while i refresh there we go uh we do also have interestingly enough not covered in uh in liz richardson's article there a few players coming sort of out of the woodwork or, or attempting to return to the scene that have been you know maybe absent this past season or a couple seasons now one of course being tizzy former vancouver titans player um and of course also another name from the former vancouver titans hacksall and uh actually mentioning bumper in a tweet as well so some interesting little tidbits there if you're curious go check out hacksaw's tweet where he he mentioned his own twitter or his own discord and bumper's discord uh, names so interesting stuff there potentially some returning players now that of course is going to be it for the Roster Apocalypse. so that's your main news on all the actual roster moves and details there but We of course still have one interesting thing to cover. So the next thing I wanna cover relates to the roster uh, movement because of course this was posted just today, roster construction rules for the 2023 Overwatch League season. This was posted by the Overwatch League over on overwatchleague.com. You can Google it and find it pretty easily, but this has some key and important dates that I do want to mention here. And then of course, I actually have a bit of a summary of it uh that i'll just go into quickly after that and then of course we'll wrap up the show so let's pull it up here now that the 2022 overwatch league season has ended with a bang we're hard at work on building an exciting 2023 season we'll have more to share on several fronts soon so stay tuned as we march toward the start of next season which we plan to start in the spring of 2023 with an eye toward the future the league office has established the following key dates as guidelines for roster construction Overwatch League Key Dates November 4th, 2022 Grand Finals Match Marks the End of the 2022 Overwatch League Season November 5th, 2022 Teams May Begin Submitting Player Trades for over, for League Office Review All Player Trades Are Subject to League Office Approval Prior to Becoming Effective Teams May Also Continue Working on Extending or Otherwise Signing Their Current Players to Standard Contracts November 11th, 2022 Deadline by which teams must exercise any options they may hold to extend existing player contracts. November 18th, 2022. Players whose contracts expired after the 2022 season become free agents. November 19th, 2022. Teams may begin signing free agents to contracts for the 2023 season. January 16th, 2023. Deadline for all teams to have a minimum of five players signed to season-long contracts for the 2023 season. March 1st, 2023, deadline for all teams to have a minimum of six players signed to season-long contracts for the 2023 season. Players who were born on or before August 31st, 2005 are eligible to sign a contract for the 2023 season. Additionally, the minimum salary for the new Avaraj League contracts has been increased to US dollars $54,249 to reflect a cost of living adjustment based on global inflation rates. While there are no major changes to contract structures, here's a summary of how they work. All teams are required to have at least six players signed to season-long contracts at all times over the course of a season. Teams may have a maximum of 12 players signed to any type of contract at any time. Season-long contracts carry a minimum initial term of one season and may include a unilateral team option to extend the term for one additional season. The maximum term of a season-long contract is three seasons, including any team option. If a team has at least six players signed to season-long contracts, they may sign additional players to 30-day contracts. Upon expiration of a 30-day contract, a player becomes a free agent who may negotiate with other teams. Teams do not have the option to extend 30-day contracts unilaterally. New for 2023, teams may only sign a given player to a 30-day contract once per season. Two-way player contracts allow individuals to compete in both the Overwatch League and Overwatch contenders. There's no limit to the number of players who may be designated as two-way players given at any given time. And two-way players on teams with no Academy team affiliate are eligible to participate in contenders competitions via player loan agreements. Up to four two-way players may compete together on the same contenders roster in any given match. So there's obviously a lot going on there. Let me quickly pull up a summary of this, which I think I can find over on the Ready, Set, Pwn Discord, which you can join by going to discord.io slash Ready, I believe. So here's the summary. And this actually comes courtesy of a user Alpha Tryon over on the Weekly Uprising podcast Discord. Key takeaways. The trading window is currently open. The signing window is currently open for extending slash renewing contracts for current players. Players with expiring slash declined contracts don't actually become free agents until November 18th. The signing window for free agents opens on November 19th. Teams must have a minimum of five players on year-long contracts by January 16th. Teams must have a minimum of six players on year-long contracts by March 1st. Teams are allowed to sign 30-day contracts only after they have at least six players on year-long contracts. And new for 2023, teams may only sign a player, a given player, to a 30-day contract once per season. So this has been a long episode with a lot of talk of contracts and signings and agents and free agents and players. And actually, we haven't had a lot of retirements yet. But anyways, um, I want to summarize some of those points there. So trading window is open now, obviously. Uh, You can currently extend or renew your current players. That's fine. Players with expiring slash declined contracts don't actually become free agents until November 18th. So they may be talking to teams, but you can't actually be made an offer for another few days here. If you're listening to this on the day it posts uh, for another three days, right? The signing window doesn't actually even open until the day after that. So realistically, around the 19th is probably when we may start hearing news of players being signed. Um, Although they may be signed and then the team may not want to make an announcement until the next week. They may not want to make an announcement until way later on. So who knows what we'll see on that front. Teams must have a minimum of five players on year-long contracts by January 16th. So January 16th, we should hear many announcements by January 16th. I would suspect the second week of January, we're going to get flooded with with most of the roster announcements if we haven't already heard them. And then, of course, minimum six players year-long contracts by March 1st. That's when we should have our final rosters for most teams. Teams are allowed to sign 30-day contracts only after they have their uh, at least six players on year-long contracts. That's fine. But the new for 2023 teams may only sign a given player to a 30-day contract once per season. This is a great player forward move. This essentially means that if a player like Aspire joins the Toronto Defiant uh, for 30 days, once those 30 days are up, the team is either forced to allow any team to show interest in him and sign him or they must make him a permanent offer in order to keep that player right. So in Toronto's case, I believe they, I want to say they extended Aspire's contract through the rest of the season after his 30 days were up. So they probably said, okay, 30 days is up. We have, let's just, for example, say 90 more days in the season. We're going to sign you to three more 30 day contracts. So he essentially knew he would be with the team for the next 30, the next 30 after that and the final 30 after that as well. But then he would be free again. Ultimately, because the league is saying you can't do that anymore, it forces it would have, in this case, forced the Toronto Defiant to say, do we want to keep this kid? If we do, we have to sign him to a contract, which means player gets paid, right? Player has stability. Player knows where they're going to be for the next little while. So ultimately, that's an awesome move to see the league make. And there you have it. That is our roster construction rules for the 2023 season. So We've talked a lot this episode. We've talked a lot about rosters and a lot about a lot of other stuff. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Let's move this thing along. I am on a roll. All right, well, here we are at the end of episode 94 of One Man Watchpoint, and Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. Of course, this was your Apocalypse episode, so if you didn't or if you don't like the Overwatch League or you don't follow the Overwatch League, well, guess what? You probably didn't really listen to this episode. Uh, this episode was chock full of only overwatch league talk right all about the players all about the teams i actually love this stuff i think this is a ton of fun when when we start getting these announcements this offseason is going to be crazy you got to keep in mind we have not even heard from a number of teams let me let me just check something real quick here uh we've heard not a lot from the chengdu hunters we haven't heard a lot from the guangzhou charge or the Hangzhou spark um we haven't really heard anything from the Seoul Dynasty, actually. That's a big one we haven't heard much from. We're starting to get trickles from the Toronto Defiant, but we haven't heard a lot from the Toronto Defiant. We've heard next to nothing from the Vancouver Titans, with the exception of Mirror. Um, and then Washington Justice, we've also heard very little from. You know, a couple of players are free agents, but that's it. So really interesting stuff here. We've got a lot more to go still. And of course, that's just on the releases, the uh re-signings and things like that. We don't know who's gonna be coming in that's new. So lots to look forward to, lots of exciting stuff. If you're interested in keeping up with that, please follow me over on Twitter. I am your host at Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir Follow me over on Twitter, send me a DM, tweet at me, whatever you want. Uh give me questions, comments, topics for the show, whatever you've got, and I will happily discuss them. Uh I'd love to interact with you as they relate to the Overwatch League, Overwatch, Roster apocalypse. Um or video games in general. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I love to talk video games, so bring it to me over on Twitter. You can, of course, find this podcast on podcast services everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, et etc. Et so give us a follow, leave us a review, you, tell your friends, and all that jazz. And, of course, check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast available on podcast services everywhere, where you can hear all the latest on the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. Now, of course, I can't wait to hear more about the upcoming roster changes and roster moves that we will get, but... We're going to have to wait for that. Thank you.